Hello, and welcome to season 10 of the Hope Motivates Action podcast. I am your host, Lindsay Recknell, a workplace mental health professional, speaker, podcaster, and an expert in hope. Bringing you these episodes with these incredible guests is my absolute favorite. I am so grateful for the privilege to share stories of transformation and to help you move through your own transformation with our one-on-one work together and with the help of the professionals who come on the show. The science of hope and positive psychology has had such a huge impact on me and my work. So I love that I also get to share knowledge, research, and stories from the evidence-based science as well. It is my sincere wish that you hear something that resonates with you in these episodes, that you feel the contagious power of hope, and you are motivated to take action over what you can control, all towards creating a future better than today. I have such a passion for this work, and I love connecting with my clients, with you, my listeners, and with the guests on this show to help create transformation. This week on the podcast, I have yet another delightful human to introduce you to. Dr. Sweta Chala is a former professor of pharmacy and clinical and residency director turned speaker, facilitator, leadership coach, and author. She supports organizations, highly driven professionals, budding creatives, and entrepreneurs to reinvent how they work and lead. Through her natural leadership model, she empowers her clients to create personal structures that leverage their natural brilliance. As a result, they experience more passion, impact, and meaning without compromising their integrity and well-being. Dr. Sweta is the author of the book, I Still Haven't Found What I'm Looking For, Now What?, and contributing to the award-winning anthology, She's Got This, Essays on Standing Strong and Moving On. She has published articles and essays in several journals, magazines, and has spoken on many stages and panels, including at the White House. So let's get to her. Hello, Dr. Sweta. Nice to see you. Welcome to the show. So happy to be here today. I cannot wait to talk about hope and action. (laughs) Uh, I mean, those are my favorite topics. So let's just dive right into it. I would love for you to share with the audience who you are and how you use hope to motivate action in your life. Oh, okay. So my name is Dr. Sweta Chawla. And I am a leadership coach. I used to be a professor of pharmacy and a clinical director. And I work with highly driven driven professionals. And hope is such an essential part of helping them to reinvent how they do work and life. And that's just what I'm incredibly passionate about. So (laughs) You are totally right. I mean, you can't have hope without action. Or I don't believe that hope is as strong without the action. In fact, hope without action is just a wish, if you ask me. Um, So tell us, tell us a little bit about your origin story, because how, I mean, how did you get from being in pharmaceutical to being a leadership coach? (laughs) Yeah, that's quite a bit of a story. And um, it comes from that word of reinvention, right? Like that's the, the biggest part, especially right now in these current times where we're going through this like great awakening, right? This great resignation. And I think a lot of people are thinking about how to reinvent themselves. And so I think it would be helpful to share a little bit about how I went through that journey myself. Um, So I, you know, grew up on the East Coast, you know, in an Asian family where, you know, the message is, you know, get a good education, follow all the steps. I think a lot of people who are listening have heard, you know, had this, you don't have to be an immigrant or to be on the East Coast. Um, You follow all the right steps to success. You know, you have a plan and you create opportunity for yourself. And I follow those steps. So I, right out of high school, I went into a six-year doctor of pharmacy program. I did a residency afterwards. Right out of that residency program, I became a professor and I was a professor for 10 years. And I have to tell you, I actually really loved my work initially. 
But I'd say around year three, I started to have kind of, you know, some questions about like, is this really what I'm supposed to be doing? (laughs) But it wasn't bad enough to make a change. And so I, you know, pushed through and I kept going through. And then I had a sabbatical when I was in year seven. And I took that opportunity to give myself, you know, some, you know, just a, you know, space to actually think about like, well, what is it that I would really want to do? And to me, that's a big part of hope is giving yourself some space to actually reflect on what is it that you care about? What is, what is it that you're feeling right now? Because I think so many of us, especially after the pandemic, we're just in survival mode, right? But then, you know, there comes this other, you know, external experience that's like, well, is this sustainable? Can I keep continuing this way? And with that space, I started, I did something that I would have never done. So talk about action, which is I followed my curiosity. I didn't try to, you know, think about the end goal of like, what would give me success? What would give me security? I actually just followed curiosity and my curiosity led me to applying for Doctors Without Borders. (laughs) I don't know why, but I just did. And when I went for that interview, it was the most enlightening experience because, you know, if you're going to put your life at risk, they're going to ask you some deep questions. (laughs) And these were questions that I like, I don't think I have ever been asked to me, you know, I, and I don't even remember specifically what the questions were, but all I remember was my answer. And my answer was, I kept on saying, I want to be part of something bigger. And I just kept on saying that I didn't know what it meant, but fast forward several years later, I ended up writing a book and my book, you know, I have a framework in it, which is called Make Your World Bigger. (laughs) And that space and that time and just being in those reflection questions helped me to think about, well, how do I want my work to be? You know, I wasn't in a place where I was ready to leave. That wasn't something that I was looking at at that time, but it did make me feel like I had some, I I could, I could hope for something that was more life-giving within what I had. And so I came back from my sabbatical with this completely like renewed way of how I looked at work. And I thought about what gave me, you know, what, where was my passion? Where, what made me feel more alive? And I realized that in my work as a professor, you know, the beautiful thing about that job was that I was, you know, I had a lot of variety. So there was like, I could work with students, I could do clinical things, I could do academic things. And as you kind of climb the ladder, it became more of the institutional academic things. And those were not the things that lit me up. It was it was more of the working with the students and creating projects and doing things in the community. And by my surprise, I got an opportunity to do a mission trip through the university when there was an earthquake in Haiti. And what that taught me was that my curiosity was guiding me towards like, what is the, what is the possibility for what my life has for me? What is the thing that will most fulfill me? What would most serve? And it, it wasn't, you know, I couldn't see it. I couldn't see what that looked like. Right. But by following it, it's almost like it planted a seed. And in that seed, it helped me to recognize when that opportunity was going to come and then, you know, that I could take action on it. And I, you know, loved, I like my, everything, everything was the same in my circumstances, 
but my passion and my love for my work renewed until (laughs) several years later, right? Several years later. So I came back from sabbatical. I did that work. I mean, I was excel. I was, and that was a beautiful thing too. Like I was excelling with what I love to do too. Like I was getting awards and all sorts of things, whatnot. Um, And then I, I actually thought like I was going to leave pharmacy and become like, you know, do mission trips. Like I was like, this is, this is it. This is what I'm going to do. And then I got pregnant. And I was like, um, I don't think I'm going to be traveling around like, you know, unstable areas around the country, you know, uh, when I when I have a child. And so I, you know, went back to kind of like that practical way of thinking, the security and whatnot, you know, whatever. And, and I ended up giving premature birth to my son. And um, it, that was a real big, another like, you know, moment of like, why am I doing all of this? Right. It makes you ask those deeper questions. And, um, and then I went back after maternity leave, I applied for a promotion that I thought I was a shoe in for because I was getting so many accolades and I didn't get it. And that really, really put the pressure on of like, what is all of this for? And this time I went back to asking those deeper questions, but committing to that being a lifestyle, not just a moment to get me through. You know, I, I started working with a coach and I started to make that a practice for me so that um, I wouldn't keep coming back to this place of asking myself, why am I here? <laughs> so I'm going to pause there. Oh, it's such a beautiful story. And I love, as soon as you said the word curiosity, I just got chills because I that is one of the my core, one of my core values, especially over the last five years of doing this work. Curiosity has come up again and again and again, and it is a real driver of looking for opportunity. Just like you say, it when when curiosity becomes the at the forefront, when it becomes for me the driver of decision, the driver of action, I, I just feel like the opportunities get so much bolder, and it, and it's probably just because I'm noticing them more. But when I they the opportunities just become so much bolder and bigger and prevalent. Um, and it feels like that's the same way, the same, the same thing for you. And it's guided you to a place where y- I feel like now you're doing work that feels aligned to your bigger purpose in life. Is that is that where you're at now? Yeah. You know, and I wanted to pause there because I know I, I realized that I didn't actually tell you how I became a leadership coach, but I wanted to emphasize that piece of it, you know, that piece of the, like the, the lifestyle of curiosity, right. You know, and how important that was to be making, you know, having this reinvention and this transformation and, you know, so yes, absolutely. That, that the coaching experience that I had, you know, one thing that I realized was that during my journey, there was always this feeling of like, my circumstances are not helping me to thrive. And I kept trying to intellectually, you know, think about how can I make things better? I work with really smart people and that becomes a problem (laughs) when you're trying to reinvent your life and work for more fulfillment and more joy and more ease and more passion, which is what a lot of my clients are looking for. And so, you know, it was that that piece of being able to really look at how to show up in, in, in life and in the world in a different way. And so through my getting, you know, what I really needed was support. 
Like I didn't need more intelligence. What I really needed was support to help me to be able to drop down into my heart space, ask those questions, connect within deeper that I think come with curiosity, um, that also come with courage. You know, a lot of people think that they need confidence to take action, but I really believe what they need is courage. And, you know, courage comes from the heart. Courage, we think of courage as a very like forward moving action, strong, you know, energy virtue, right? But courage comes from the word core, the French word core, which is from the heart. And so this idea of like the answers were in my heart and that if I followed them, that that would actually bring me towards what I, exactly what I needed and what I needed to create for myself and for other people was like such a new experience, Mm. you know? And, and it took me on a windy journey. I mean, I didn't um, like come out, well, yes and no. Like I did come out saying like, okay, maybe I need to be a coach because when I got coached, I was like, this is coaching. Like I've done this my whole entire life. (laughs) You know, you can always do it for other people. You can always do it for yourself. Um, But there was a, a long period of like, just, I remember my coach asked me like, what's your dream? And I remember I was like, so New York East coast, like, I don't got time to dream. I got a job, you know? And that's when, that's when she helped me to be able to like get into my heart. She was like, you're numb. And I was like, okay, well, how do I get unnumb? You know? And, and it was, it came from following those curiosities. It literally came from making a list and this is the action. Like it doesn't have to be big, huge, bold action. Like the action was just get curious about what, where your interests are, what feels good to you. And I literally had to make a log. I made a log of like, and it was the smallest things. You know, it was like, I heard, I read a sentence in a book. I heard a jingle on TV, you know? And it was like, these things slowly started to open my heart. And I went from having no dreams to only dreams within pharmacy to much bigger dreams. And for me, and I, and I, I might be jumping ahead, but that to me is the definition of hope is like being able to see possibility. And the thing that brings us to be able to actualize those possibilities um, is a leadership mindset. You know, it's the leadership mindset to me, like, and I had a lot, when I first got the you know, download that I was meant to be a leadership coach, you know, after a windy road. Like, so first I started being a writer and then I started doing, I was like my life coach and my career coach, you know, I, and, that, and I just want to say that messy middle is part of the journey. Like if you're in that space in your own reinvention, I want you to know like you're not wrong. <laughs> this is part of the process and part of the journey because it's a new way of approaching things. It's not a five-step plan. Like I go to college, I check all these lists And I get here when you're following your heart, when you're moving towards reinventing, towards having more fulfillment and passion and purpose, um, it's, it's, it's a different path, you know, but it, it will get you there as long as you keep following those curiosities and you keep having that leadership mindset, which is how do I move towards those possibilities, even if I can't guarantee or see what the form is. And so when I first got my download that I'm supposed to be a leadership coach, I felt everything but a leader. Like I didn't have a title. I wasn't the breadwinner anymore. You know, we downsized our lifestyle. I was like, how am I a a leadership coach? And, you know, and then I, I realized like, oh, I'm supposed to redefine what leadership means, you know, and that leadership is not the titles. It's not the externals, but it's really about how are you being led? And to me, that's what curiosity offers. Ugh. 
Oh, it just, it makes me feel so good to hear you speak because I am imagining the listeners who are hearing your words and internalizing in them and going, ooh, I think I might be able to do that. I feel like I have that little tiny spark of courage deep in my heart to be able to take those steps. There's also something I'm imagining that the fine folks listening are saying is, I have a J-O-B. I have a standard of life I'd like to continue living at. And oh, by the way, I'm in my midlife. What the heck do I do with all of this stuff, all of this position that I'm in? How can I give all that up? How can I possibly give all that up? What's your answer to that? That's a really good question. And um, I think that it's about getting really honest about what truly fulfills you, you know? And this was really surprising to me because one of the, I have a book and um, I, there is a, a link that I have, Dr. Swatachala backslash hope, where I put a bunch of resources, like actual exercises that people can do. And then if you want to opt in, you can opt in to download my book. Um, but one of the actions in my book, it was, you know, is about really remembering a time where you felt deeply fulfilled and connected. And when I did that exercise for myself, I was kind of surprised, but not surprised. (laughs) It was when I went on um, a trip to Peru. I spent three weeks in Peru when I was around 24 years old. And I mean, I was really naive at that time. (laughs) So I, you know, packed a bunch of like skirts and, and, and high heels. And if you have ever been to Cusco, Peru, it's like a mountain and it's like always cold and it's like a place to go hiking. And it was just, and I lived with a family where I took Spanish lessons and my conditions were no hot water. The windows were cracked open. It was like really cold. I had bed bug bites. I wore the same clothes almost every day because I only had two pairs of jeans. And that's when I was my happiest. And when I realized, like, when I was like, why was I so happy? And it was because I, you know, you talked about core values. I felt connected and I felt free. And connection is one of my deep core values. And I think that for, you know, for me, and I'm, is that like, I thought that I would feel connection from having a certain status in life, right? If I had the titles, if I had the accomplishment, if I had the house, then people would, see me a certain way. And I would feel that connection. And I'm not saying that you need to give up the lifestyle that you want or that you have, you know, but what I'm saying is to take a moment to really ask yourself if that lifestyle, if it's those things in those lifestyles that are really giving you the fulfillment that you want, you know, and it doesn't have to be an either or like, you don't have to give up everything And you also don't have to hustle to maintain a lifestyle that really doesn't fulfill you either. Like you can pick and choose, right? You can pick and choose. And when you, like we've downsized, we live, like we have a New York City condo looking the New York City skyline, you know? And to me, that was like, wow, like that was gold. And I'm so grateful for that experience. I will never say that that wasn't amazing, but I was in a period in my life where I was really looking for was community. And I really wanted to be in nature. So we live in a smaller apartment, but my, you know, I like my, 
everything is within a, a, a square mile. You know what I mean? Like my son's school, the, the the gym, the community center. I walk down the street. I say hi to people. I know a lot of people in the community. So for me, the quote unquote payoff for the downsize was worth it. And that's an individual decision that every listener will have to make for themselves. But the belief that I have to suffer or I have to like maintain what I don't want so that I can have this is a very black and white way of thinking that doesn't really serve. And so coming back to possibility, you know, how, what's, you know, can you live in the possibility of both and, you know, how can I have both? And, and to me, that comes to another, you know, value that is really, I think, helpful when you're wanting to, you know, up-level and reinvent your life is creativity, right? You, you know, you get, you get creative um, and, and suddenly these solutions that you never really imagined become possible. You are saying all the words. No wonder we're so aligned because I have this, <laughs> I have this blog post and it's called My Philosophy and it talks about my five core values, hope, confidence, courage, tenacity, and creativity. Ah, there you go. <laughs> you have said all five of those words in our 20 minutes together already. Amazing. Um, Which, you know, I'm going to pause there because um, I think that what you just mentioned right now is really important because one of the things that I see a lot of my clients struggle with is decision-making and they want to know if they are courageous and they take the risks that they want to take, um, will it pay off? Like you were saying, right? Like, well, if I give up my lifestyle, but then I'm not like happy with what I create, would it have been worth giving that up? And one of the surefire ways to know that you're making a right choice is that, is that choice aligned with your values? Mm -hmm. You know, and like, like I said, one of the things that I was looking for creating in my life was more community. And when we moved out here, I mean, the minute we moved out here, I felt community. There was no amount, there was no, not even like a day of feeling lonely. You know, um, you and I were talking about how, like, why I have these sparkles in my hair? I don't know if people are going to watch these videos, but that I just went to like, uh, you know, an Easter experience at my friend's church. She's a pastor. And the day that I arrived, she said, come to a birthday party for my son, you know? And that weekend, like she, like my son was able to, my husband and I were actually able to celebrate our anniversary because my son had his first sleepover. And I share this with you because like our values are really aligned. I also ended up at a Christian church. I'm not Christian, but they had their values up front and their values were creativity, storytelling, community, right? And so I knew I was in the right place and and it was the right choice for me that ended up healing, you know, a huge wound that I had around belonging, you know, and then later on, like right now, I'm a mentor at a co-working space. And when I joined that co-working space, none of it made sense, right? But their values were creativity, community, and kindness. And so when it comes to taking action, one of the best actions towards creating a life full of more hope is to really get clear on what your values are. And so those hard decisions of, you know, is it worth me giving up this or that? Um, you can feel safety in that. Oh. I love the discussion about values because I, it's always, mm, deciding on values has always felt really hard to me. And I don't know why that is, but um, it's always felt really hard to me. And, and so I've sought out guests on the podcast that could come on the show and talk about those values from a place of curiosity so that I could learn more. And I'll link to a couple of the episodes in the show notes, like Lindsay Harl-Kadatz comes to mind, um, 
Uh, Tracy Borenson comes to mind. So these, some of these fine folks like yourself who are doing values work, I think is so, so important because it kind of, I don't know, does it ground us? It gives us something to, to make decisions against. It helps us to identify people who are like-minded and, you know, that is that warm introduction already. I mean, heck, it's a point of conversation, right? So, you know, like, you know, people say it's really hard to make adults as, or to make friends as adults. Or we could say, hey, Dr. Sweta, what's your value? You know, what are, what are your top three values in life? And already you've got something to talk about. So I think, yeah, it's uh, that word and, and, and that experience keeps coming up, which I think is very, very cool and has a lot to do with hope because, so my definition of hope is that the future will be better than today by taking action over the things we can control. And one of the things we can control is that self-awareness, self-reflection, identification of what's important to us and what our priorities are, and then take action to use those in opportunistic ways, in curious ways, creative ways, um, to find more people that we can build community with or become aligned with and things like that. So I think, yeah, I, I think values is under, uh, underutilized. And I love that. Yeah. I love that so much of the conversation these days is coming up in that way. Yeah. And it also helps us navigate the unknown, you know, and we're Mm -hmm. in this period of just so much unknown. And I think the things that we thought we could rely on, we can't. And it's really an opportunity for us. I think a collective reckoning, which, which we all need of going within and really being able to use our own internal, you know, just system as our navigation <laughs> yeah. towards taking the actions that will really help us to, um, you know, have the impact, have the passion, have the meaning, have whatever it is that we're seeking. One of the things you talked about was the idea of a guarantee almost that clients will come to you and say, what guarantee do I have that when I follow my heart and my passion, it's all going to turn out right? That goes back to, for me, it goes back to working with really smart people that have to get out of their head and into their heart. Yes. Is that yeah. the experience of that you try to help your clients to navigate? Absolutely. So I guess my first question is, um, has the guarantee actually, if you've had a guarantee, when you've made decisions based on a guarantee, based on following the plan, right? Doing the analysis, would you be where you are right now looking to reinvent? <laughs> right? Probably not. not. To, yeah. Like not to throw it away, not to throw it away, you know, but I do feel like outcomes and results are important, but it's not the only part of the story. And a lot of the people that, you know, usually when you're looking to reinvent, it's because something's not going right. And it's usually because you're being asked to be courageous, to do something different and to do something new. And that's why a lot of people say to me that they want the confidence, right? They want that. They want, that's the, and I think it's really that I'm scared to do something different, right? So let's like really call it what it is. It's that, that, desire for security and the misbelief that the security comes from a guarantee. But true, some true, true security comes from self-security. And when you 
are able to show up in life knowing that whatever happens to you, whatever outcome happens, that you have the capacity, the support, and the resources to be able to respond to it, that will give you confidence. And to me, that's what a leadership mindset is all about. A leadership mindset is about not, it's it's not needing the outcome to determine your worthiness, right? Leaders, great leaders fail all the time and they don't make it about their self-worth. They get that that's just part of life. That was like a hard lesson for me to to like really get because I had been such a perfectionist and it was, you know, perfectionist thinks all or nothing. You know, a perfectionist is looking for hundred percent. And when that's what you're looking for, you're auto, you're, you're, you're setting yourself up for guaranteed disappointment. <laughs> but when you go in knowing sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't work, but I can bet on myself that I'll know how to be able to respond to it. And it's not a reflection of who I am and that I didn't do things right, but it's actually just part of the process. And, but I was able to take, you know, when you get, get to the end of your, you know, people say when you get to the end of your life, sometimes that's hard for me to imagine. Um, I'm, I'm really, you know, big about like visioning from like in short, short verse. Cause especially when you're in reinvention, like five months, five years, your end of your life, that seems so big. So I'm just kind of like at the end of three months, <laughs> You know, will you regret not taking an action on this thing that you're curious about that's calling you forward? Would it feel better to feel safe knowing that you haven't, you guaranteed that you will not have like more joy, more passion, more impact? (laughs) So it really takes that mind shift about how you see security. So beautiful. Dr. Sweta, what gives you hope? The thing that gives me hope is possibility. You know, just really the the beauty of that we as humans are creators. That we can create something from nothing. You know, like, you know, a man and a woman, they come together, they create a baby, right? And it's like, we all have that ability within us. Like we can create from nothing. So no matter where you are, you know, and and look, I'm not going to diminish that some of us are going through some really hard circumstances. But if you remember that you are a creator, that suddenly opens up the gift of possibility. And when you take on that leadership mindset, that possibility becomes actualized in the world. And we as humans have that gift. It's just so inspiring to me. You are inspiring to me. You are a beautiful human and I have enjoyed our conversation immensely. I can't believe that we're already coming to the end of our time together. Could you please share with everyone how they can get a hold of you so they can hear more of your beautiful words? Absolutely. So you can find me at Dr. Swetachella. So that's D-R and then my, you know, I'm sure you'll put a link in there. Um, my name on all social media sites on my website and LinkedIn, Instagram, And as I mentioned, I've created a a special link for all of your listeners where it's drswethachella.com backslash hope. And I've put several resources because one, you know, we talked a lot about reflection and taking the time to reflect on connecting to what it is that 
is really true for you, right? Not what you think will give you that security and that outcome that you're looking for. Um, so I have posted like something that's three a three month kind of you know planning PDF, a weekly reflection and planning tool, and then my book, which has 21 inquiries. So you know you got a lot of oper- a lot of support that there to hopefully help you to take your hope and motivate you to put it into action. Amazing. Thank you for your generosity of those resources. And you're absolutely right. We will put the link to all the things into the show notes and um, support and publish you everywhere because everybody needs to know you. Everybody needs to work with you. And everybody just needs to be in your community because you are a wonderful, amazing person. And it has been my absolute pleasure to connect with you today. Thank you so, so much for joining us. Oh, Lindsay, it's such an honor. I am so just grateful for this this platform, this space that you've created to talk about something that's so important and to bring these two, you know, often things that are seem to be like opposite, right? Like hope and action. And to me, I think that's the other reason why we really connect and resonate with that. It's that whole both and, like how can we have both and? So thank you so much for creating a space for that. I love that both and. Thank you again. And I will see you and talk to you again very, very soon. Yet another incredible story. I mean, I literally say that after every episode, but I wouldn't publish episodes I didn't think were incredible now, would I? I mentioned in the introduction that it's my sincere privilege to share space with these guests, to bring their stories and their expertise to the podcast airwaves. And honestly, I learned so much from their wisdom at the same time. That's the thing about this work. It's in the storytelling, the language we use to express our innermost narratives. That's what has the most power of transformation. Sometimes, when we don't know the words to use, we just won't say anything at all, and that can lead to negative rumination, when the stressors in our lives can lead to burnout. The topic of burnout, stress, and why the differences between the two matter is something we talk a lot about in my most popular training workshop titled From Burnout to Hope. In this 60-minute workshop, you'll learn to apply evidence-based strategies and tactics to reverse your feelings of overwhelm and languishing, and activate the hope circuit in your brain for a future better than today. It's transformational, personal, and, dare I say, guaranteed to increase your hope levels. You've heard me say it a hundred times, but I believe that fear is louder in the dark, and talking about loud about the fears, aspirations, and the anxiety-inducing situations we find ourselves in is an amazing way to move towards the transformation of a future better than today. If you'd like to learn more about language and how you can leverage the science of hope in your life, I'd love to share the From Burnout to Hope training workshop with you. You can find more information about it on my website at expertinhope.com forward slash burnout to hope. I truly believe that the future will be better than today by taking action over the things we can control. And conversations like this really reinforce that hope. Looking forward to keeping the conversation going, so reach out anytime. As always, I'm here when you need me.